And good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sacred Space here on West Limbic 102. My name is John Keeley, and today, the 22nd Sunday of of the church of November, excuse me, is the feast of Christ the King. Um, each Sunday, we spend this time together reflecting on the gospel, uh, going through some inspirational music, inspirational readings. But today, we're going to take a slightly different, well, a very different slant, and that because this is the year of the priests uh, here in Sacred Space, we plan to take an interview a story from a priest within the diocese of Limerick. Uh, between now and June, maybe every three or four weeks, just to go through their journey on uh, their journey to priesthood um, and their work since ordination. So today, um, I'm delighted to bring an interview that I was uh, fortunate enough to conduct um, just a few days ago with a priest here in the diocese uh, in Limerick City. Um, it's about 57 minutes long-ish, so there was obviously no room for breaks or ad or music and so on and so forth. So I do hope you enjoy it, um, and I'm inspired by it, and um, hopefully we'll maybe have Father Noel Kerwin, this is the previous time interview, hopefully we'll have Father Kerwin with us uh, next week to maybe reflect on the Gospel that particular week and maybe have a further little chat with us. So... We'll just listen now to to Father Noel and his interview with myself a few weeks ago. Welcome to Sacred Space here on West Limit 102. Um, As I mentioned to the listeners there in more recent weeks, because this is the year of the priesthood, I decided to take um, a slightly different slant and maybe honour the priesthood. And I'm sure there's no other people out there who maybe maybe like to maybe hear the priest speak to us maybe about the priesthood. So... Very, I'm delighted really to welcome today um, Father Noel Kerwin from Limerick, from the Pastoral Centre, actually he's also working here in St. Michael's. Um, he's been the first person, a very brave person to come and join me here this morning and open this particular segment up. So Father Kerwin, you're, you're very welcome to Sacred Space. Thank you, it's good to be here. And thank you for spending this time and sharing with us your journey to the priesthood and maybe your experience since your ordination. Now, I know, Father, you're involved in a few different things. Maybe we want to tackle those some other day in, in your involvement with the Pastoral Centre and also your vocation director for the, for the diocese. But maybe just to say with, you, with yourself and your journey to, to priesthood, um, maybe, Father, you might fill us in a little bit on your family background. Okay, both my parents are from Limerick City. We say in the city that my father comes from behind the monument, which means he was St. Joseph's Parish. Uh, and my mother was from the parish, St. Mary's. Um, so we, uh, as a family, grew up uh, there in St. Mary's, St. Mary's Park. Uh, I have an older brother and uh, a sister who's younger than me and a younger brother then as well. So there are uh, four children in family. And based here within the city? Based here in the city all the time. Yeah. When, when did you get your first idea of maybe priesthood or this idea coming into your head about possibly taking that step? I think it really happened because uh, when I was about uh, 19, I got involved with a group uh, called the Young Christian Workers. Uh, just before that, I had been involved with a, a local priest, uh, Father Tom Crawford, uh, who g- had gathered a, a group of us and one night asked us what we'd like to do. It was a bit of a change. People usually saw the priest as telling them what to do, but I remember he gathered a, a number of us in his house and asked us what we wanted to do, and we came up with the idea of sort of forming a youth club um, and we sort of trained through the Limerick Youth Service and became leaders within that youth club. But then one day uh, he came along to us and he asked if uh, two of us would uh, volunteer to go to Dublin. That There was this group called the Young Christian Workers. He wanted to find out more about it. But rather than go himself, he wanted two of us to go along and bring him back a report. Um, so we were so excited about what we discovered uh, on that weekend uh, that we came back to him and said, look, we have to start this. Uh, and within a week, we had started a group. And part of uh, what we did in that group was that every other week, if you like, one week we would sit and look at the scriptures and we'd say, okay, what this, what's this about? What is this saying for us now in mm-hmm. our time? Yeah. Uh, and there was always the challenge of, um, okay, can we recognize where there is gospel in our lives? Can we recognize where there are things that are not gospel? And what can we do together uh, to do something about changing that? 
And the following week, then we'd look at something that was going on in our lives. Maybe we'd bring back some report um, from what was happening in the situation of work or uh, from our family or something that was happening among our friends. And again, the same process, trying to recognise where the gospel was there and maybe where the challenges that, that, that maybe uh, maybe we were falling down on something or mm-hmm. something was happening mm-hmm. at work where, mm-hmm. where one of our workmates was being mistreated and we, we talked about what we could do about that and how we could change that situation. Um, and after maybe a, a, three years being involved in that, it was at that stage that I found that, that this question uh, coming up uh, around priesthood, which came as a total surprise for me because my thought had always been that um, I was my father had taught me to save from young, and as far as I was concerned, I was saving to, to build my house as yes, a captain yeah. by trade. Yeah. Uh, so to saving to build my house and looking out, asking God to point out the girl of my dreams for me. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm afraid he had he Dude. had other plans in mind. So did you say that uh, that that your actual trade was a a um, a carpenter father? Carpentry and joinery. Carpentry. I served my time with uh, um, Sheehan's in uh, Edward Street, um, and so a five year apprenticeship and I worked for two years after that. So I was about uh, 21, I was 22, um, just going 22 when I went, went into the seminary. And, you know, uh, my next question, maybe you kind of um, all already answered it, but um, the main influence so on you possibly taking that step, would have been Father Crawford and the, and the youth club and, and what was involved with that? Certainly been involved. I, I suppose I've been involved with priests since I, since I was a young lad. I, I was an altar boy in, in St. Mary's. Um, and, you, you know, I, I suppose one of the things about the altar boys uh, in the old days was that uh, you were in the company of priests and you saw them as men mm-hmm. and you saw them as guys who liked to have fun. And, yeah. um, you know, you saw a different side of them maybe than other people maybe uh, saw maybe the more sterner side or the official side of them. Yes. Uh, so and I know that going uh, through seminaries in my time growing up, there were some wonderful priests uh, there. Uh, Monsignor Lee who was there for, for all of my lifetime really uh, and uh, there was a great man called Father Joe Shinners uh, who was a wonderful uh, example to us all um, uh, and then Father Crawford came in, uh, Father Crawford had a very kind of direct uh, influence on me um, mm. through that the young Christian workers and through the youth clubs and that um, and also the man that followed him was Father Tony O'Keefe as well and um, both of them working back in in, in West Limerick now, um, but they, they were they, I suppose they were the influences. There was also mm. I suppose but they were the direct influences and coming becoming involved with uh, with the gospel and seeing it as something that was alive and and happening today rather than something yes. that you were learning yes. about from years mm. past. Mm. Uh, it was all of that. It was that sort of sense of uh, that that we can recognise that God is actually calling us now through our attempts to try and live that gospel. Um, and I suppose it was it was actually becoming familiar with the gospel itself was the strongest influence. Okay, but yes. the, the, both the, the people and my own family as well. We would have been a family that would have prayed together at home. Um, but really, it was that it was it was getting to know the gospels and that focus. in a sense getting to know the Lord in the midst of that. You know that that's where it was. So you made the decision, and then you have to tell your family, you have to tell your friends, you have to tell your workmates. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I had struggled with it for a good bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, um, I, I I used to go off on a Saturday morning when I was struggling with this, and I'd walk around the city. I'd, I'd walk down by the river, and um, I just I, I just kept turning this over. Me, how could this be? Like I'd left school at fourteen, didn't have the education. No one in my family had ever done anything like this before. Um, but one thing I suppose that, that that had triggered and made it possible was that there was a friend of mine, a guy called Martin Kennedy, um, who would be well known in church circles now. Um, but Martin had gone the year before me. And suddenly it became possible in my in my mind that that, that someone from my background, that someone fr- from uh, the, the okay. position I found myself mm-hmm. in could, could kind of do that. Uh, and then, as it turned out, the vocations director at the time, a man that didn't mention in the last question, but he was very much there as well, was uh, Father Michal Liston. And Father Michal Liston was very much involved with the Young Christian Workers. And he was the vocations director at the time. Mm-hmm. So he was actually the first one I went to talk to about it. Um, and I, I sort of went with some almost fear and trepidation of bringing it up. Yes. And he left yeah. such a yahoo out of him and was so pleased with <laughs> that, um, yeah. uh, that, that, that kind of things moved on from there. 
Yeah, and, and, and so when you told your friends and your family, what sort of reaction did you get? I mean, family-wise, I, I think there would have been very strong support, yes. but I, I think there would have been a little bit of apprehension for them, a little bit of fear there as well. Um, I mean, that's gone back. That's gone back over thirty years now. Okay. Um, and and I suppose life was was a little bit different then. So I suppose there was always the sense of. What if this doesn't work out? Like you know, and I suppose mm. it was the old thing of that terrible old expression of of the, the spoiled priest. I suppose yeah. was there, and 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 would you be happy? And all of that, like you know, the, the worries and cares that that that, that uh, family would have for you. Uh, and my friends then uh, as well. I suppose they, I suppose really, they didn't want me to go. Mm. Uh, we were a close mm. kind of group of friends. Mm. Um, um, but I must say, like having sort of made a decision and gone off, they. they were and still are very kind of supportive of me today. The, the friends I would have then, they're still friends with me now and and we've been through a lot together. Um, so, the, you know, I think initially there would have been that sort of, you know, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Why are you doing that? Um, and yet at the same time, once the decision was made, yeah. uh, they were very much there. That was very important too, wasn't it? Because, I mean, that would have been a vulnerable time for yourself, you know, struggling with me. You want me to become a race lord and, and you're thinking about this and then your friends. and Absolutely. Uh, um, <clears throat> you know, and, that's, and, and it is a, cause it's a, it's a deeply personal sort of struggle yes. with this. Um, and, you know, there aren't too many people that I suppose that, that we kind of share with at that level either what, what's going on in the, in the depth of ourselves. Um, but, you know, once you begin to put the notion out there once you begin to talk about it um, and you, you know it's it begins to become clearer because you've taken it out in the open yeah you know lovely so okay made the decision after seminary yeah um, it was interesting I, I wouldn't have traveled sort of too much outside of Limerick <laughs> okay. so I was told that when I was told I was going to Torles I, I, I'd never I suppose because I don't come from a GA background okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. um, I, I, I didn't really I, I didn't really know in a sense where Torles was right. um, so it was a matter of, of heading off um, I, I watched other I remember the first day going I headed off in the train got off at the station and took a taxi outside as the fellow said it was only it was only five minutes walk from the station but mm -hmm. I didn't know any better yeah. um, and I watched other lads arrive in, in cars with their families and what have you and um, I just arrived a, a, on my own mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah the, uh, and I, I must say um, seminary was was a very I, th I think a very joyful time for me okay. um, it was I suppose very different from from working life um, there was great order to it. There was a great sense of rhythm to the day with prayer in the morning, prayer in the afternoon, mm -hmm. coming together in the evening, having the mass together. Uh, and I suppose really there was the the sense of all these guys. We, it, it, Torles at the time would have gone to about 98 students in my time, wow. uh, which was nearly a full house. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we had, we had games and um, the studying together and being involved in choir and all of those things. Like, you know, it was... It was a it was a happy happy sort of a family kind of life if you can have a family of it was it, it like Torles was a small setup so you got to you got to know guys who were the six years ahead of you you got okay. to know the guys that were coming behind you um, and there was great interaction great and great fun there as they say yeah. you were all on on the one road anyway we were all on the uh, on the one road and, and, and guys coming from different backgrounds as well I, I suppose that one of the fears I would have had was. Uh, my educational background. Yes, um, and 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 really, you know, I, I can remember to say to saying it to to, to uh, Bishop Jeremiah. God be good to mm. him. Um, you know, he, he asked me a question one time, and I came back with uh, with saying, "Look, you took a chance on me when maybe other people wouldn't have." Yeah, um, mm. and there was that sense of, in a sense, being thrown into the deep end, but in a sense. A trusting that God's hand was this, and if it was to be, it was to be. Mm -hmm. You know, that would have been very much uh, sort of going in in faith. And of course, I'd say within seminary then, I mean, you presumably had um, a spiritual director. Yes, yes. Which was um, a great... Yes, and, and, and that's, again, that was a new concept, you know, sort of sitting, it was one thing sort of uh, going into confession. <laughs> yeah. This was a, an interesting aside there, was it was... Uh, Going to confession there. It had been a year before uh, that I had actually gone to confession, 
Um, and it was it was it was about five years before that again before I went to confession. No, uh, because yeah. I had had a bad experience um, uh, that kind of threw me and left me not knowing and being too clear about what confession was about. Yes, and I found myself relying relying at mass on Lord, I'm not worthy. Um, and so to, to come to a situation where there was an expectation that you would meet the spiritual director on a very regular basis and talk about what was going on, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that, I must say it was, uh, and the man that was assigned um, for that work was very much a man uh, who had the spirituality for it. He was a, a lovely guide yes. uh, on the way. He was a lovely guide on the way. Yeah. And so seven years, was it seven years? Or we would have been six in Thorless. Okay. Um, we would have had uh, two years philosophy, uh, followed by four years theology. Um, we would have done our philosophy uh, diploma uh, under minute, but at the time uh, we weren't allowed to do degree under, uh, under minute, um, so we did our diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on I went back to top up the diploma to a degree uh, under the NCA. Okay. It, just a thought going through my mind there. Um, when, when when you went to Thardis, it, it was for the diocese. Yes. Did you ever have any uh, idea that maybe you'd like to do something else, maybe go on the missions? Or... Certainly not at the time. I, I, I suppose because of the, the YCW connection, uh, and okay. the, I, I had a strong connection already with the diocese, uh, and I suppose being Alder Sever as well, knowing priests with, within the diocese, and there were quite a number of priests around Limerick at that stage who were, I suppose, very much involved in, in youth ministry and they were inspirational guys and I suppose I wanted to be part of that as well. Um, I, I didn't have contact um, with uh, the order. Now, you would have been conscious, obviously, living in Limerick City. Yeah. Uh, there mm-hmm. would have been times on my way to my grandmother's on a Sunday morning with my father uh, that we might have had Mass in the Franciscans or the Augustinians or the Jesuits. Um, uh, and but it, there was no personal contact as yeah, such. Yeah, um, mm. it was more of a kind of a functional contact. Um, I suppose uh, uh, on the way along, I might have, I, I, it might have crossed my mind. You know, you'd have been inspired by Saint Francis, and you'd have thought about the Franciscans and maybe what that life. Because the life in the seminary is about discernment. Yes. Um, okay, mm. you set off thinking that you're heading for. A particular goal, but as you're going along, yes, ideas like mm-hmm, that can come in, mm-hmm, and you can begin mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. consider a different way of life. You you might consider a contemplative life, um, because you are now spending uh, a lot more time at prayer than maybe you would have before this. Um, learning about silence, spending time in silence, um, mm-hmm, and you can find that your heart is very much at peace in that place. Yeah, um, and so there would be a part of me that that would have maybe a, a longing for that sort of contemplative life. And at the same time, um, I suppose life has taught me that I, I thrive on, 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 I suppose, on the company of people. Yeah. And okay. being involved with people, you know. And I suppose somewhere along that line then, somewhere within the seminary days then, would there, would there have been a particular moment when, you know, yeah, this is, this is really... What I want, and, and I'm, I'm after speaking with the with the spiritual director and and going through what you go through within seminary. Where was there ever a time when you said, "Yeah, this is this is it"? Yeah, I, I think there are different markers on the on the way. I think even after that, the the, the first weekend that I spent there, um, sort of being away from the family and mm-hmm. getting a bit of space, and the, it's sinking in what the. The magnitude of the the decision you, you yeah. you've made, and you can find yourself saying, "Oh my God, what am I doing here? Am I off my nut? Mm-hmm. Is this crazy or what?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then finding, I, I can remember so clearly, there was a night there kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament and uh, the, the the lights down in the church, and just a very personal, quiet moment, and a peace coming over me, and I'm saying, "No, this is okay. This is fine." And there would have been different occasions along the way. Mm-hmm. It's something I would always look for when I'm when I'm discerning that something is right for me or is the right thing to do. I I, I, I search to see will that peace come, okay. and I I take that peace as a sign. Yeah, this yeah. is it. This is okay. Um, okay. And it's okay. almost a confirmation. The Lord said, "Look, your soul will be at peace in this. You'll be you'll be fine. It'll be okay." Um, yeah, that's a good idea. That yeah, and I know that you, you know certainly. Uh, you, you make different decisions then along the way. Like the, there are there are a number of decisions you make along the way to to accept uh, what we just call acolyte. To, That's right. The seven know, orders, isn't all, it? all the orders. Mm. So, mm. and then when you come to, I suppose you know the crunch decision is just before the acolyte. Okay. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there was a time even in, I can think, in third theology where we would have been looking at the whole notion of, of, of conversion. And that posed questions for me. The question was, had I, was what I had experienced a conversion or was it actually a vocational call? Because they're okay, quite similar. Yes, they're yes, quite similar. Yes. Um, and I suppose th- that question almost arose for me again before the accident. Like, there was a question that, that came up for me was, if in whatever period of time I felt that God was calling me to something else, would I have the freedom within myself to walk away and say, no, God is calling me elsewhere? And to have the freedom to say, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll trust that, I'll go with that. That's, mm-hmm. what's been, that's, what, that's what I'm being called to do. And obviously, just being open to that discernment that it might be there. Mm. That I trust that in this moment, this is what God is calling me to. But maybe there's something else in the future. I don't know. And then ultimately, it is that it is that total trust in the Lord, isn't it? And in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Absolutely. I, I remember when we were uh, training for, for uh, uh, youth leadership, we used to have a thing called the trust fall, where you would... Stand on the on the edge of a table, and six people would line up with arms out, <laughs> yeah. and you had to let yourself go into their arms. And I, and I and I often think of vocation like that. Yeah. There is the sense, look, God is there, yeah. God is there, God is there, um, and I can fall into His arms. You know, I can trust this. You know, yeah. So after after what six and a half or seven years is it? They finally come to the day. Mm. When Father Father Noel is to be ordained, that's right, that's right. Um, so it was Archbishop Morris who has gone to God since ninth uh, of June, nineteen eighty four. Um, and to have you know your family and friends and gather a, sort of a huge sense of um, there's a great sense of joy and celebration around the time of ordination, um, and it and it overflows into the community. Um, mm. We'll say we would have had, or we, I suppose we were sort of unusual at the time in that uh, we were still ordained in Thurles. We didn't come home to our own parish to be ordained. Okay. We okay. were all ordained as a class together, six of us uh, together in, uh, at that time. At the time, we were the smallest class in the history of, of the college. Okay. And we were also, I think, the first class for all Irish dioceses. Because Thomas okay. would have great connections with America, Australia, New Zealand, uh, and the British Isles as well. Um, so, you know, it was, there was almost a watershed there in, uh, for, for the, the college as well. But then going back home that night and a big celebration and the first Mass the following day yeah, the first, um, yeah. was the real homecoming. It was... Um, mm. uh, it, it just... It, it, was, it, it, it was an awesome, awesome and beautiful kind of celebration. Um, and there were tears and there was joy and there was a whole lot um, to look around and recognise the people that you had worked with and played with and grew up with mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and seeing them all there in that place together um, was a very uh, was a very powerful powerful blessing and affirmation as well yeah and that must have held some special memory for you there your first mass. To, to institute yeah one, one of the things I, I, I can remember talking about at that mass was um, w- w- was that notion that the importance of them being there was that in the times when I had questions in the times when I had felt sad going through it was the mm. mem- it was the memory of of their friendship and the memory of all that we had shared that kept me through and their trust and I would say that's true of all of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that you, you carry you carry though, the the memories of those who have been good to you, who have been kind to you, who have shown you understanding, who have shared life with you. Like you know, you you carry them with you, the, and they carry you through life. You know, I think that's that's true. That's at the heart of it. And even even this whole idea of of you celebrating the sacraments for the first time. You know, the the sacrament of confession. And holy mass and 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 extra monction and and marriage, all these sacraments. Mm-hmm. That I'm now a priest and ordained, coming right the way from the Lord to His apostles to the to the bishops and then to Father Noel. Uh huh. I, I can remember writing an article for for a magazine called Resource, um, the year before I was ordained and looking forward to the ordination. And one of the things I I, I wrote at that time was. 
uh, yes, I look forward to celebrating the sacraments with people, but equally, I look forward to um, helping people to come to an understanding of yeah. them. Yes. Uh, like one of the great things, I suppose, I learned over the years in the seminary was that notion that sacrament is, is someone or something that we become. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, each sacrament mm-hmm. is about is not about an occasion, yeah. but is actually mm-hmm. about a way of life that I am embracing. Yeah. So you can take any of the sacraments mm-hmm. and, and and explore that within within that sacrament. Yes. You know, um, and that would be very that understanding of it would be very important for me. Um, you know that that definitely kind of sacramental priesthood is a, is is a hugely important part of priesthood. Um, but to actually be living, to try and challenge yourself to, to live those sacraments is the challenge of every Christian person. Um, and, and there's mm. a sense in which that's our, that's, our real, that's our real joy. Really. That's your real joy. You know? So, you, you're now ordained, Father, uh, and um, obviously it's time to go out, as the man said, to go and get some work. And, yeah, so. and the first appointment came as a little surprise for me. Uh, because um, I, I went to see uh, Bishop Newman and uh, sat in front of him and he said, uh, you're going to Middlesbrough. And I looked at him <laughs> and he said, is that okay? And I said, yes, I'm sure it is. I had sworn obedience. Yes. <laughs> so um, I left, I remember leaving his office and going, Middlesbrough. <laughs> so I did two things. Um, I went to Eason's and I bought a map of England Okay. To see where Middlesbrough was. Okay. I thought it would be on the left-hand side of the page, but it was on the right-hand side. <laughs> very good, very good. And the second thing I checked was to see what division they were in. And I'm afraid that they were, as the fellow said, they, they were in the bottom of the first division with ambitions of getting to the top of the second. Um, so um, it was going to be an adventure, all right. Okay. It was, yeah. So off to Middlesbrough. Off to Middlesbrough. Um, and again, you know, that turned out to be, that, that was a great start. Uh, people in Middlesbrough are, are, are they're gorgeous people. That they're, they're, as the fellow said, I, I suppose something I, I learned while I was there was there's there's an old Catholic tradition in England that's as strong as ours, mm. and they would have fierce um, faith coming from uh, people like Margaret Clitheroe and yes. uh, the, the Moors and 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 all the persecution that we went through, their people went through it as well. Yes. Um, so there would be a strong sense in the, in, in the north of England, a strong sense of a staunch kind of Catholicism uh, in de- deep, deep in their tradition. Um, and, and they, uh, excuse me, but yeah. they, they wouldn't have had the security of Catholics over here either. I mean, the Catholics in England at that time... One of the things that marked them out was that, that, that they were Catholic by choice, mm. um, and that gave huge um, verb really to to their participation yeah. in the mass. And mm. One of the lovely things uh, there was that because we were a centre city church, um, there was confessions every night after mass. Wow! Every night mm. after mass, and there were nights when it was like the old days here. Yes. You know? There was a need and, for it. And, and people mm. would come from all over because it was city centre. Mm-hmm. It became known as a church where you could go and, and, and confess your sins. So every evening after the evening mass, um, whoever was on the mass, covered confessions and you were on for whatever period of time it took. Um, there was a hospital attached to it, to it as well and there was a local Catholic primary school as well. Um so I, I, I was given, my first parish priest was a man from Waterford, a man named Bill Madden. And then there was another Irish priest with us as well, a guy called Pat Kyo from, from Cullen on the Tipperary Limerick border. Um, if he, he, went in, he went in his door on the Tipperary side, if he came out the back door, he was on the Limerick side. <laughs> but he always tried to be a Limerick man anyway. Yes. Um, but I, I, I was given, I suppose, having a really lovely parish priest, very supportive who gave me a rhythm of life for, 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 for a guy starting out, which is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you were on the morning mass, you visited the school after that, um, came back for lunch, um, went out knocking on doors. You were given uh, yeah. a list of uh, streets and names and you went knocking mm. on doors and sometimes you went into new buildings, as the fellow said, searching for Catholics. <laughs> um, and it was like every, every day was an adventure, like reaching out. Um, and again, because they had heard I was involved with the with the Young Christian Worker Movement, and 
um, Father Madden in his young days was involved in the, in the movement himself asked me would I start a group there so I said if he gathered the, the, the youngsters I'll, I'll work with yeah, them uh, and another priest would have had the, the Vincent de Paul another priest would have had the Legion of okay. Mary and you know, it's a very civilised kind of life over there, you know, the sort of no one would dream of knocking on the parish priest door after eight o'clock at night. Oh, Father yes. deserved his rest. Yes, very, very important. <laughs> but they were beautiful people, I must say. They were very, very warm and very welcoming. If you dropped in your card in the door that arrived the following Sunday and they'd hand you back the card and say, thank you for calling, Father, you might call again. <laughs> very good. <laughs> well, lovely, lovely Yes, people. yes. So, okay, you said in Middlesbrough for... Just 12 months, 12 mm-hmm. months, uh, I suppose my leaving was, was attached to which one of the great sadnesses of my life. Um, I, I, I got a phone call at, at three in the morning to say that my dad had died. He had gone into hospital on the Friday. On Sunday, I was told everything was going to be okay, but at three o'clock that morning, my father died. And I left within an hour to, to, to drive home to collect my brother, um, who was in north, north of London at that stage, um, in Newmarket. Um, and at nine o'clock that morning, uh, Limerick Diocesan Office were ringing Middlesbrough to say they were taking me home, and they didn't know at the time that my father had died. It was an extraordinary, it's just one of those moments that the, the, the hair kind of stands in your head that yes. God's hand yes. uh, was somehow there, because it, like for me and, and for my family, particularly for my mother, uh, to have me home at that time was, was, was a blessing. It was you so know. important. It was a blessing. The Lord mercy him. It was. And so that was 1985, Father. So uh-huh. You, you turned back. So then um, <laughs> uh, I, I just went back to Middlesbrough only to sort of pack up and to mm-hmm. say goodbye to everyone. Uh, and I came back, I was assigned to the parish of Our Lady of Lourdes, um, Banacar Weston, mm-hmm. Banacar Gardens, uh, Ross Bryan, all that area there. Um, and I had 10 years there, 10, 10 mighty years. Um, I was young and I had loads of energy and we uh, were involved with the community Shimsa. Um, we started up um, with four youth clubs going there. Wow. Um, it was great. There were great times, great times. Um, and um, we would have started a, a, a scripture group there as well, which ran for, for, for the years that I was there and for some years after I, I left as well. Um, you know, the, the, the folks were, were very open to, to new things and to learning and... Um, I suppose it was a place that um, had gotten a lot of bad press, um, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. only, as we all know, it only takes mm-hmm. a handful to do that. And we yeah. see it happening in so many communities around the city these days as well. And yet, like, you know, people there that are the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. People, people with a strong tradition of, of volunteering for the sake of the community. Uh, involved in so many things, you know, from, as I say, from with a very strong group of leaders, uh, both local leaders and leaders that came in from outside and, and volunteered to be there. Um, and then there was a very strong sort of old folks club and there were so many things going on. I remember one of the great affirmations of that time was um, Bishop McGee coming to do a, a parish visitation and we had to gather people that were involved from... from um, from, from a, a, all sorts of aspects mm-hmm. of, the, of parish life <clears throat> and God, I said, see everyone in the hall together on that night and hear all the positive things they had to say and you know there was, yeah. a, there was a, it, oh, it, it gave a blessing to everything that we were trying to do uh, and it was a real sense of community like you know it was a great it was a great time it was a great those 10 years were, were, were good years, you know. And I was just thinking back there Father to your time in seminary and you, pr- you presumably would have try to imagine what the first 10 years of priesthood would have been. And now you've just lived the first 10 years of priesthood. Yes. Was, it, was it similar to what you thought? or I suppose <clears throat> because I had been so involved all the way through, um, mm-hmm. yes, it would have been, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Um, like, you, you know, even mm-hmm. like when we were involved in the U-Club in some areas as leaders, um, we would have even had a place uh, on, on, on the pastoral council at the time as well, okay. the parish council at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you were sort of personally involved with, with the priest and the, the, the different projects they were taking on. So, so yeah. you, you know, I was fairly rooted in it, I think. Mm. You know, And of course, one of the things that happens with priests is they're not allowed to stay where they like to stay. Indeed. Because then somebody decides, time for Father Noel to move. The call comes to move again. <clears throat> uh, and this time it was Bishop, Bishop McGee moved me the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and a whole new ministry that, that 
Um, I, I was delighted to go into, but never sort of expected to 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 go into. Um, I became chaplain to the regional hospital, okay. um, and I had had some preparation for that from the point of view of um, uh, as a deacon. I I, I worked in, in London in Marylebone, and Marylebone had attached to it St Mary's Parade Street, which would be one of the biggest hospitals, mm-hmm. certainly in these islands. Like. Um, You'd start visiting in that hospital on a, on a Monday and you wouldn't get back to that ward until the following Monday. It was absolutely was huge, mm, absolutely mm, mm. huge. But it was a great preparation for the work I was about to do. Uh, and, yet, and yet there was a great challenge in it as well because um, after my father died, I actually found it difficult uh, to go visiting the hospital. Mm. And there was a huge personal challenge to, to overtake. I can remember at one stage ringing the chaplain who was there at the time uh, to say, look, any chance you'd walk through the wards with me? Mm. I need to break this. I, I, I need to get through this. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was very kind and did that for me. Uh, and as the fellow said, the Lord works in me series. We're halfway around. Of course, his leaper went off and I was left on my own to, <coughs> to forage my own way. Mm. But as the fellow said, I had I had broken the, the that barrier that, that had kind of grown up. And, and then to find myself actually working full time there. But thanks for saying that too, you know, that small little aside there. Because... The humanity came out of Father Noel there, you know. I mean, mm. having trying to face going into the wards. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so you you now moved into the into the regional hospital. Were, were you there for long, Father? I was three years there. Three years, uh, and I must say that um, the the work, in a sense, is I suppose it's all consuming. At the time, we worked out a, a program where we we sort of worked twenty four on twenty four off. And we decided to work, it might seem crazy, like, but we, we, we decided to work that way um, so that we would be very visible within the hospital and so that we would know all the time what was going on. Mm. Um, whatever would happen um, on my shift, I would write a note of it, hand it over to the guy that was coming back so that we yeah. would follow through on each other's experience all the time. Um, and the staff were, were wonderful. Wonderful. I have the mm. utmost respect uh, and, and honour for the, for the, the commitment oh, absolutely um, and, and how good they were to us they were very very supportive of us but we had a great relationship with them mm-hmm. um, we, we, you know, we, were, we were good for each other like you know and at night time you might get a chance maybe to sit down and chat and talk mm-hmm. in a more personal uh, yes. you know, in the daytime there wouldn't be kind of time for that um, so you know sometimes you were with them in their own trials and disappointments as well like you know I'm afraid father, father's job never ceases. He, he just doesn't knock off at five o'clock. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So you're there for three years, father, and, and then you got the call again. A call again, um, I suppose, which came as a surprise. Um, you expect to be a, a, a little bit longer, um, but sometimes, uh, what I said, the, the bishop has to move someone, it means someone else has to move as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I found myself in a ministry that. Um, uh, was 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 unexpected. I, I found myself for a fellow that outside of the seminary had never been in a third level institution. I found myself to be <laughs> to be the chaplain to 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 LIT, the Limerick Institute of Technology, uh, and I had seven years seven years there. Yeah, a different ministry again. Or... Very different again. Very different again. Um, but I suppose again that the. the the experience that I would have had with the young Christian workers and with the mm-hmm. youth clubs and, uh, you know, sort of being with younger people um, and then being maybe old enough to know um, that it wasn't necessary for me to um, maybe to be hanging around the discos to, 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 to mm-hmm. bring meaning to life, you yeah, know, yeah, uh, yeah. that there was, I, was, I suppose I was old enough to, 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 to know that uh, they needed to live their life in, in, in freedom as well. But again, and I suppose I, I brought this from the hospital as well, just to have that presence. Chaplaincy is very much about a presence. It's very much about uh, about being there. And if you are there when they are in trouble, mm. and I've always said, like, you know, you never help one student mm. because that student doesn't hold the story. Mm. He spreads the story. Yeah. And your yeah. door becomes accessible and, and it's open for, for, for the others to come along. You were kept busy um, there, Father, yeah? I, I, I was, um, uh, and sort of got involved. I, I suppose one of the things I, I, I'd be um, very pleased with was um, I, we became very aware that, that there were quite a number of students, I suppose, coming in with what we would call special needs. 
uh, and that within the system um, there were possibilities to, um, for people with special needs to get a, a lot of assistance, a lot of backup, a lot of help. Uh, nothing that sort of gave them a, a, an extra uh, over anyone else, but mm-hmm. actually that kind of helped mm-hmm. to, to level mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the the playing field for them. Uh, and I suppose I was inst- instrumental with a number of other people um, to, I, I suppose, um, win certain battles that needed to be won uh, around students' rights with regard to the, those that, that assistance that was needed there. Um, uh, and we would have been, I, I suppose I was involved as well with, we had what we called a, a student hardship fund, uh, which was a, a, an interesting fund because there was money came from the state, there was money from the college, and then there was money that the staff in the college gave out of their wages every week to help students who were who, who would have special needs. That's not well uh, known. That, no, it wouldn't be well known. I, and it was and and it was a generous contribution that was made to to students who would find themselves in financial difficulties during the year, and it helped students mm. in all sorts of of, of of difficulties right throughout the year. And I suppose one of the greatest joys you would have is to see a student who, without those assistances, might not have made it. Um, yes. But because that was there and because that commitment of the college and the people in the college was there for the students, those students made it through. Um, yes. And that major year, the day of graduation when you saw those people go out, um, that, that major year. There was a sense yeah. of family there then. Oh, there uh, was. And again, uh, LIT, again, you know, it was small enough, mm, you know. Mm, yeah. uh, it was small enough that uh, you got to know people at least by sight and they got to know you and uh, between, you know, being involved, was involved with the sports council as well. Um, so, you know, there was there was a lot of activity. There was a lot of sort of yeah. organisations that worked there. There was a lot of involvement with students and staff. Um, so there was that sort of family feel to it, you know, it, it was. Uh, and I must say, I, I, again, the staff there, uh, I always found them very, very, very supportive and had access at all sorts of levels uh, to intervene for students and uh, and um, stand with them where, where it was necessary. No student, if a student was in trouble, uh, he never went in alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was always mm-hmm. asked, mm-hmm. would you like the chaplain to come in with you or would you like to bring someone else with you? Uh, and that's I, I think that's a real you know it is it's a, mm-hmm. it's a comfort to, 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 to folks so. it is and then time to go again time to move on again yeah after yeah. seven years again um, and again again a different <laughs> ministry yeah, um, yeah. Um, I remember a, a certain priest of the diocese talking one time he was introducing me I was about to give a talk and he was telling of all the experience that I, I had gathered. And I said, yeah, and you were responsible for half my moves. <laughs> <as I>, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. this time uh, it was to, to come uh, to the pastoral centre uh, and to take on a dual role to become parish priest of St. Michael's and to become director of the pastoral centre uh, and be uh, directly involved with um, sort of pastoral outreach as well. Um, so... Um, that's that's been um, and that's been there for the last number of years now. Yeah, for yeah, this, I'm into my fifth year now. So was that it? Yeah. And uh, have you also got a role within vocations director for the diocese? That's right, well? a director uh, uh, of vocations <coughs> for the diocese. Um, and uh, just recently, Father Michael O'Shea has has come on board um, to help me out with that as well. Um, and one of the good things last year um, with the year of vocation was that we uh, formed a group with. Uh, both religious and mm-hmm. uh, diocesan priests mm-hmm. uh, to to work together, and I, I must say, sort of, sort of working vocations that there's a sense in which it can be kind of a, a lonely job. We don't get that many maybe calls mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. but coming together with other people who are working together, gosh, we we got great energy out from each great. other in it. Um, so it was uh, it was very good. Um, <coughs> Fine, um, and then. You know, the, the thought going through me now, going through my mind now, Father, at the moment is when we, um, you, you went through a seminary in Thardis, so you were prepared for certain, for certain, for, for certain, I would say jobs now, but, but you, you're being prepared for priesthood. And so you've gone through Middlesbrough and then you've gone through in the parish and then you've gone to, you've gone to the hospital, you've gone to LIT and you're now in your present position. Priesthood is very much involved in all those things. A priesthood isn't just in a parish. No, 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 no. I, and that's, uh, I suppose that's why I, I talked a little bit earlier on about the, uh, 
the notion of, of a kind of sacramental priesthood yes. which is most people's understanding yes. uh, of priesthood. Um, but priesthood is very much a, a, about, I, I suppose, trying to try to bring Christ into the everyday, whatever aspect of, of that life, whether it's people who are sick or uh, people who are bereaved, people who are going through a third level college, um, whatever it is that uh, to be the, the, the presence of the, the, the Lord, to bring that presence, yes. uh, awareness of that presence. Mm-hmm. It's not to bring it in there, but it's to bring an awareness of that presence there. Um, and, and, and that sense that um, God walks with us every, every moment of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, th- I think part of the the priestly presence is is to be a reminder of that. Yes, to be a reminder of that. My next question: I don't know if this is really applicable to yourself. Um, is is it a lonely life? I mean, uh, you seem to be so involved in so many different bits of things. I don't think you have time for it. Sometimes but think that that's misunderstood. It's a question um, that people would want me to uh, ask a priest. Absolutely, yeah. Ask priest. Um, you know, I, I mean, at one level, I can say. Gosh, I'm so busy and I'm involved with so many people. How could I possibly be lonely? Um, and yet, I, I, I'm very conscious that um, loneliness is part of the human condition. Yeah, and a necessary yeah, part mm. of the human condition. Mm. Mm. Um, a friend of mine, I think, described it this way. Um, he talked about sort of going into one of those kind of almost dark moments of loneliness, if you like. Mm-hmm. And describing it afterwards, he described it, he said, it's God's mark on us. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that was, when we talked about it later on, was he said, in each human being, there is that lonely place. But that loneliness, that lonely place is put there by God. Mm. So we will become aware that God has put a place there where we will discover our longing for him. God is the only one that can fill that space. And so there's a sense in which that uh, that understanding of the presence of that loneliness in your life is a call for you to reach out to God who is in that Mm -hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And it's almost the place. Do you know the way you might have a particular place where you like to go to escape or to kind of find solace yeah. or that? Mm-hmm. God is really that place. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense which, when you find yourself in that, suddenly there's no work to do or suddenly everything, you know, for mm-hmm. for this day is finished or whatever it is, yeah. or you find yourself with a bit of time off. Yeah. Uh, and there can be that lull mm. comes into your life. Mm. Uh and sometimes, if you are not, if you're not dipping regularly into the loneliness, then it can become scary. Yes. Yeah. But if part of your daily life is to go into that lonely place, mm. uh, to be mm. with him, that makes then sense. it's no, you're no stranger to it. That makes sense. You to know, me. you're no stranger to it. So, Father, all, how do you relax? Have any hobbies or interest? I detected there a few minutes ago in speaking about Middlesbrough. Are you interested in soccer? Oh, I, I have a little interest in soccer. All right. um, I, I suppose as I was growing up, I played uh, both soccer and rugby. Um, I had to give rugby up very young. I started to dislocate my shoulder, uh, and even the soccer as well. I, in a way, it, like it plays a part in my in my story of vocation, uh, because um, I was an apprentice at the time. I had dislocated for the seventh time, and my boss called me in and said, "You need to make a choice now." You're either going to be a carpenter or a soccer player. <laughs> and I reckoned I wasn't going to make the first division. Okay. Uh, so I actually had to give it up. And one of the joys of going back to seminary was that it didn't matter whether my shoulder dislocated or not. I could go playing soccer again, Yes, uh, yes, which, yes. Was, which was great. And even in LIT, uh, we used to play on, on, a, on a Friday afternoon there. We used to uh, go out and play as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, to be quite honest, I'd have an interest in, in most sports. I'd, I'd, watch, I'd watch nearly any sport. Mm-hmm. Um I, but I'd say probably rugby is probably my passion. Um, um, Shannon would be my home club. Uh, I would have been involved in um, St Mary's uh, as a junior club. Okay. Uh, I would have been a trustee at the club at one stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, you know, I, I'd be a member of Shannon, and uh, I'd be a member of the Munster Supporters Club as well. Um, so you know, the, the the sports would be part of my outlet. But I love um, I love to go out into nature. I love to walk by the river. I love to go into the forest. Um, uh, I, I love that sort of going out into the fresh air. I, I love to, to walk yes. uh, as well. Um, I've done a fair bit of cycling in my in my time as well. Um, and um, at one stage, I, I was uh, into a, a little bit of um, 
uh, watercolour, which I found great to sort of just to escape and to, yeah, to kind yes. of relax. But I haven't had the time to do that in recent years now. But it's something I'd love to get back to. It again might, later it might come back at yeah. some stage. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose the next question um, would be important to us all. But I'll ask Father Noel. You must have a few very uplifting and maybe even sad moments. I know you mentioned one there of of your first mass. I mean, that was certainly yeah. some memory. Yeah. And, and I suppose, like, you know, all of those, you know, the, the, those good moments are, you know, they're people moments. Mm-hmm. They're people moments when, when you, like, I, I, I love celebrating baptism. I, I, I think baptism is the most wonderful, wonderful sacrament. Uh, and I suppose, you know, that like my, when, when, my, when my brother had his, um, maybe his, his, his first three children, I was too young to, to know the mystery of it, if okay. you like. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and, and his last child, it was quite a long gap, and I was old enough then to, to kind of catch that mm. mystery. And then when my younger brother had, had his children as well, and I can remember his first child being born, and, and, and the tears welling up in his eyes, like telling me, you know, he was there for it. Like, yes, you, know, uh, yes, yes. you know, those, 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 are, those are wonderful. So I'd always have an affinity uh, with, with, with people celebrating that, that, that wonderful sacrament of bringing a child into the church. Um, and I suppose, you know, over the years there would have been, you know, there, there would have been, you know, like that night I talked about in Our Lady of Lourdes when everyone was together we and we had that sense of that. being together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that would have been a highlight as well. Um, and different moments along in all the, in all the ministries that, that I've been involved in. Um, but as I say, like, you know, there would have been all sort of people moments really, like, you know, not... That's mm, the mm. moments that I shared in yes. rather than moments that were mine in that sense. And maybe you even know. moments that people brought to you. you know, I mean, encouraged you and Ab- lifted you. Absolutely, all absolutely. The time. You know, and like, you know, like, it's, it's interesting, and this isn't meant as a criticism, but I, I've often said to guys, one of the differences of being a chaplain uh, and being, we'll say, a local parish curate or parish okay. priest is that as a chaplain, you get endless thank you cards. Yeah. Okay. As a priest in a parish, they're far and few between. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what the, what mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what that's about, but I, I, I would be very grateful for those times that someone actually sat down and, and, and said, th- said thank you, not, beca- not just to say thank you, yeah, but, yes. but as a word of encouragement yes, and, yes, and, and, yes. and that, you know. Um, that that's always appreciated, you know. I suppose the next question, Father, um, what do you think people expect from you as a priest? I think the bottom line for that, uh, and I suppose I'd say this about vocation, that what God called to the vocation was me, who I am, Mm -hmm. from my background, from the experiences I've had, all of that. For me to be myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, because, like, God calls every one of us. Yes. He doesn't mm. call us to be someone else. He doesn't call us to mm. become something mm. we're not. Mm. Uh, and so, I, like, I think what people can, can expect and I think do expect is, is that you are personal to them. That you, that, mm. you know, sometimes people sort of use that, you know, that your humanity is seen. But, but it is about being one human being with others yeah. um, mm-hmm. that is blessed by God that you, that you have that awareness as part of it and they do expect you to be a man of God yeah. um, mm-hmm. they do expect you to be I, I can remember saying to the people in Our Lady of Lourdes when I was starting off if you want me to be a prayerful man then you must ask me to pray mm-hmm. you, know? Fair, that's fair point. you know if you mm-hmm. want blessing then you mm-hmm. must invite me into blessing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, Whatever pre, whatever it is you expect me to preach, you must, you as the people of God, must invite me into it. Yeah, and then you will make me a good and holy priest. You know, that's a very good question. Any any regrets, Father? I no. Hmm. Um, I couldn't imagine living any other life. That's wonderful. I just couldn't imagine living hmm. any other life. Um, this I. This is my skin. This is, this is, <laughs> this I like, is where I live. That's, that's, I like it. Yeah. Okay, we're almost coming towards the end, Father. Um, what, what does the year of the priest mean to Father Noel? It's, it's, well, I, I think it should be a, a year 
I, I would like to think that, uh, that that one of the things I'll be doing in this year is is thinking of those men um, who served my local parish at home. Um, you know, so many of them got to God now and, and been thankful mm. um, for what they did and mm. for what they gave. Um, so I would hope that part of it is 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 is, is an awareness of that, mm. uh, an awareness of the blessing the priesthood has been uh, in the life of people. Um, mm. Because one of the things that you'll find from the perspective of, of vocation is that people have... I suppose a fear that their son or daughter might think about this kind of life. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's a fear that's around that kind of loneliness thing. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of misconception mm-hmm. about it. Um, that for me, this life is a good life. For me, this life is a blessed life. For me, for me this life is a happy life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I would love if the, if, if the year of the priesthood conveyed... Mm, that that is that, that is what it, you know, mm. and that it is complementary of married life. Yes, that is yes. complementary. Mm. You know, like people say, talk a lot about celibacy and should it be there or shouldn't it be there. Mm. But what celibacy says is that kind of commitment of your life is possible, mm-hmm. and it says that of marriage that it is possible to commit your life to one person. Yeah, you know that mm. that's possible. You know. Um, because the crisis really in our time is not a crisis of vocation. I don't believe that. I believe people are being called all the time. The crisis is actually a crisis of commitment. Yeah. That people in our time find it very difficult to take in the notion of a lifetime commitment. To anything. To anything. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true of politics. Mm-hmm. That's true of, you know, mm-hmm. right across the board. Mm-hmm. Any commitment that's beyond, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And even that we'll always put in, provided nothing turns up. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I suppose the last question, but uh, I'd say you've already answered it by, by a previous one. Would you do it all again? No. Wouldn't it? That's other shocking thing. <laughs> because you had no regrets a few minutes ago. Because it's not about doing it all again. No, it's true. It's, true. it's yeah. not about doing it all again. Uh, for me, it's 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 about like living. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's, it's about living it out. For for me, I, I think at the heart of it all, you you have to have a sense um, uh, that life is an adventure. Yeah, mm. and that what tomorrow holds, um, you know, th- mm. that you know whatever blessings I found in the past, mm. I, I I need to find them anew, mm. not relive them. Yeah, you know, but um, God, but God is involved. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Of that, whatever that is. Uh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, um, you know, they, they, can I say, <laughs> people would say, if I knew I was involved in it, I have done it. Uh, but uh, like, I don't say, no, I would go through it all again from the point of view of, of, yeah, sort of yeah, any negative that. experience yeah, of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I say it from the point of view of the adventure has been great thus far, and I want the next adventure rather than going back on the old ones. And please, God, the Lord will give you all of that, Father. Father, we've come to the end of our interview. And um, I suppose on behalf of all who are listening to this interview, I want to say a big thanks to you for for accepting God's call to become his priest. And maybe you might just um, just see us out just the end of this interview by maybe giving us um, one of your blessings, please, Father, the people of West Limerick. So, Lord, we're conscious of all those who are listening to us now. Maybe those who are sick at home or those who are just taking a rest for the day. We pray your blessing on them, your healing love to be with them and your peace to be in their lives and that their hearts be open to the joy of your presence. May Almighty God bless you all now, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much indeed, Father Noel, and no doubt we'll be speaking to you again sometime. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye now. And that was Father Noel Carwin speaking to me there recently um, about his journey to priesthood and his work since for the Lord as a priest. I hope you were inspired by that. I certainly was, and I intend to bring many more of those between now and June. So that about brings us to the end of the program today, a very different type of program, but I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to play a little piece of music now. We've got a few seconds left Um I thought it, it might be just appropriate to, pay, to play one from Mark Forrest from his album You Are Mine, and it's entitled You Are Mine. So until next week, God bless.
come to you in the silence I will lift you from all your fear You will hear my voice I claim you as my choice Be still and know I am here Sacred Space on West Limerick 102